Welcome to Prologues. My name is Mary, and when I get overwhelmed and start feeling behind, I find it helpful to zoom out and remind myself that I am still in the beginning of my story. I'm sharing all of my life's chapters, mental health, relationships, wellness, beauty, the chaos of being in my 20s, and all of life's unexpected turns. Prologues is the best way to start your week, so join me every Monday morning for a new entry into my digital journal. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. First episode of 2024. How are you? I've been gone for two weeks and I missed you guys. Welcome. I sat down to record just now and I realized it has been two weeks and I was feeling like a little weird sitting down to record. I was like nervous. And then I realized I haven't chatted to you guys in forever. Last two Mondays have been Christmas Day and New Year's Day. And so I took the time off to be with my family and see loved ones. I did some traveling and I'm so glad I did. I haven't sat down to record in almost four weeks and I'm feeling nervous. I'm like, oh my God, we have so much to catch up on. So that's what I want to do. I feel like there's a lot of things going on in my life that I haven't told you guys about. Sometimes I don't tell you guys things until they're really set in stone because I don't want to provide a bunch of updates or like if things change, I don't want to have to double back. So sometimes I just like waiting until something's totally set in stone before I tell you all about it. But yeah, I just haven't. There's just updates. I just have things to catch you guys up on. So if you don't want to hear the catch up and you just want to skip to ins and outs, go right ahead. Totally get it. But otherwise, I don't even know where to start. I'll start with the biggest thing that's affecting me and my life right now. So as most of you know, my husband, Matthew, has been a professional rugby player for years He's played his entire life. Um, He's played in like high-level clubs. And then he was recruited to come to the U.S. to play college rugby. And then he did All-Americans against Canada. And then he was drafted in the 2020 MLR pick. And he's been playing ever since. He played in D.C. for a long time. And then he went to Dallas last season. And I have spoken about this so many times because we ended up being long distance for that season in Dallas. So there was a lot of back and forth this fall over what he was going to do, what he was feeling like was the right choice, where he wanted to go, if he wanted to continue doing this at all. A lot of professional rugby players retire in their late 20s or early 30s because it's such an incredibly physically demanding sport. Like it's a full contact sport. They don't wear pads or safety gear Sometimes you'll like people wear, will wear mouth guards or there will protection on their ears so that they don't get cauliflower ear, but they're not wearing like helmets. You know, they're not wearing padding that could stop them from getting hurt in full body contact, at least most of the time. So it's very physically demanding, especially Matt's position. Matt's always played second row. And so his job is to be very large, very strong, still fast, and kind of an immovable force. The type of player where the opposing side like can't get through them. That's Matt's job. So it's very physically demanding. He's been injured so many times, like a bunch of his teeth are fake. He's broken his nose like six times. I have seen this man torn to pieces, covered in blood, like breaking things. It's rough. It is rough on the body. And so there's that. And then there's also just the fact that the world of professional sports is incredibly chaotic and changes constantly. And if you follow like any content creator who's partnered with a professional athlete, I feel like there's like a lot of them, then you know how difficult it is on the families. Or if you just know a professional athlete in real life or know one of their partners in real life, it's very, very difficult on the families. I've spent the last four years talking to wives, girlfriends, parents, children of players in the stands, like at, 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 
post-match get-togethers, just socially. Like I've spent four years having these conversations with fellow families of players. It's very, very, very hard because things can change in an instant. You can get dropped. You can get traded or reassigned. You can be told you have two days to move across the entire country. You better be there. You can be told you need to gain 30 pounds for the start of the season in a month. Good luck. Like It's tough. And it's a sacrifice that the entire family makes to support the player. And it's a sacrifice that you willingly make because you love your person and you want them to be happy and this is what makes them happy. So that's been a big part of our lives for the last four years. And I don't even know how to describe what level of commitment it is. It's a job that isn't just a job for the player. It's a job that consumes like every moment of their life. Like Matt loved mountain biking. He was told you can't do that anymore because you could get injured and like your body, your health is our investment. You can't risk it. Like it's not yours to risk. He has been told to stay at a certain weight and to gain a certain amount of weight for each season because like the team can basically just decide like this is how we need you to be so that you can perform your position to the best of your ability. So this is like, we're just going to tell you like you need to gain 40 pounds. You need to do this. So he has to take like meticulous care of his diet and his nutrition, his exercise. There's injuries. Like it's a lot. It's again, it's like a job that isn't just a job because it flows into every single area of your life and it requires like a lot of sacrifice. It's something that I haven't ever really talked a lot about on my social media platforms, even though it's a huge part of my life. And to be honest, it's been a significant source of stress in my life for years. But it's something I haven't really talked about because a lot of the time it just like isn't my story to share. But I will share this because it affects my life in a way that you guys will notice. Matt has decided to retire from being a professional rugby player. And it's a decision that he made over the course of several months, weighing loads of factors. Like this past fall, he was speaking to a bunch of teams. He had a couple different offers that would have been great. Like they were great contract offers, but he just kind of got to a point where he decided he was ready for the next chapter of his life. And he retired in December. Now guys, (laughs) I didn't tell you guys about this because it wasn't set in stone yet. And I'm glad I didn't tell you guys about it, but I'll tell you now. There was a point in December where he was going to go with this one team because he just wasn't like He wanted to retire, but he just – it's a scary thing. It's a scary thing to retire from the sport you've been playing since you were four years old. He was going to go to this one team, and after a lot of conversations about it, we decided it it would be best if me and Fergus came with him. It was very far away. We would have been very, very, very long distance with a big time change You know, for seven months, the seven months right before we're meant to move to a different country together, and we just decided – I need to come. So I was prepared to pack and move my entire life on literally the day this podcast goes live on January the 8th. We were prepared to move our entire lives to this place so that he could play. And it's like a big sacrifice, but it was one that I was like very ready to make. I was making plans. I was ready and willing to do that. I'm not going to lie to you. Even though I was ready and willing, I'm feeling a little bit relieved that we aren't doing that. I'm feeling a little bit relieved. And I'm also relieved that we're also not going to be long distance and we're going to get to be together. Maybe we'll even get to celebrate our our anniversary this year. Our anniversary is in the spring. Like our dating anniversary is in February and then our wedding anniversary is in March. We've never really gotten to celebrate together because he's always in season. So he's either traveling, he's like away at a game or he can't really do anything because he is in season. 
I don't know, just the thought like, hey, we could celebrate our anniversary this year. That's so exciting for me. He also is just feeling so excited about the next chapter. He's moving into the tech industry. He's extremely excited about his specific field. He's just feeling ready. And like I said, a lot of players retire around this age anyway. So it's not like it's not early. It's not out of the blue. He could definitely push himself and play a couple more seasons if he wanted to. But every time you play, you run the risk of serious injury. And he had a pretty bad knee injury this year that took him months to recover from. And you just kind of have to think like, okay, I could play another couple seasons. I could do that. It's taking me longer to recover. I want to be able to walk and like still have functional knees 30 years from now. Like there's just so many different factors in the decision, but that is the one that he made. So I'm staying in Arlington, Virginia until the move to Scotland. And he and he is too. <laughs> and it feels amazing. Like I just can't even believe I get to say that. It's so exciting. And like I didn't want to affect his decision-making process. And so I really tried to stay out of it as much as I could. Like obviously when he would come to me with questions or with ideas he wanted to bounce around, we would have those conversations. But for the most part, like I knew that it wasn't my ideal scenario to move like that, even though I was very willing to. So I just tried to like give him a lot of space and let him work through things and make the decision that he truly wanted. And no matter what it was, I was like, okay, I'm going to make it work. But that's the decision that he made. And I'm feeling happy and I'm feeling good. And I'm just feeling so excited to start the next chapter of our lives together. And I'm not moving across the country today. I don't know what I would have, like, I don't know how I would have told you guys if that was the case. The reason I didn't say this earlier is because it wasn't set in stone. And if I've learned anything from four years of being in the family of a professional athlete, it's that things change in the blink of an eye, literally constantly. And so I've just learned like you just don't say things until they're for sure. And so that's why I didn't. So I honestly have no idea how I would have said in this podcast, hey guys, by the way, I'm moving across the country. I'm moving thousands of miles away. And then I'm moving to a different country. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Thank God that's not the way we're starting off this episode. (laughs) That being said, again, things change so fast. And ever since he retired, he's had other teams reach out to him. So who knows? I honestly, I just never try to attach expectations to anything when it comes to this industry because I know, I know how fast things change. But yeah, who knows? I don't. But as of right now, that's what's going on. Huge life update for me because it means I get to stay put. Um, It means that I don't need to be long distance. And I'm very excited, even though I feel like I learned a lot about myself when I was long distance last time or when we were long distance last time. I'm glad that that's not what is happening this spring. So yeah, that is one of the biggest life updates. I wanted to start out with that one because I've said a couple of times in, I think, past YouTube videos and episodes in the fall. It's like, yeah, I'm going to tell you guys an update soon. Um, And that's the update. So that being said, that kind of spills over into another update. This is not set in stone, but I just wanted to chat about it. So now that he is not playing the season and he's looking obviously for jobs in the the tech industry that he's moving into, there's a specific field. I don't know if he wants me to say what it is, so I guess I won't. But yeah, there's like a specific industry. He's going to start applying for jobs in it right away. And if he gets a job sooner than expected. Like we don't know. We're not sure how long it's going to take for him to get a job. That's 
why he's starting while we still live in the U.S. and not like when we actually move. So if he gets a job sooner than expected, he might move before me. We might move earlier than expected. We don't know. We're just not sure because we're not sure how long it's going to take. And that's why we want to start early. So as of right now, we're moving in July. That could change. It could be earlier than that. It most likely will not be later than that because our lease in this building ends in July. We could break it early. Who knows? I don't know. I just wanted to let you guys know that's what's going on. Could be sooner. Could be not. Couldn't. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. If the last couple of years of my life have taught me anything, it's that like I said, everything changes all the time. It is not worth it to get too attached to one specific idea of an event playing out because it could change and you could be very sad if you had built your hopes up too high. So you just can't ever do that. You have to go with the flow, which is so hard for me. It's so hard, but I've really gotten a lot better over the last couple of years because trial by fire, you just have to go with the flow and you will figure it out and everything will be fine. So those are the two biggest life updates that I have going on right now. I will definitely continue to update you guys if we end up moving sooner than expected. Other than that, the only things that have happened since we last chatted were obviously the holidays. Oh, the merch drop went really well. There's still loads of merch available. So if you love the Prologues podcast and you want to check out the crewnecks, we still have a bunch. The tote bags are sold out, but we still have, oh, in some sizes and a couple of crewnecks are sold out, but we still have loads of all three designs. So definitely check it out at theprologuespodcast.com. So that happened. And then I went home for Christmas. I had a good Christmas. I was home for six days. I don't I don't really know how to describe it. Nothing bad happened. It was good. It wasn't my favorite Christmas ever, and I don't know why. I think last Christmas was just genuinely one of the best, not only Christmases, but times at home and times with my family that I've ever, ever had. And so maybe I built this Christmas up in my head a little bit too much and had unrealistic expectations of it. I don't know. It was not bad by any means. It just wasn't it wasn't as magical as I was hoping it would be. But nothing bad happened. It just, I don't know. Maybe it was emotions, maybe it was like mental stuff. I'm not sure. I I wasn't I wasn't my happiest self. I struggled a little bit over Christmas, but I still had a great time. I was very thankful for the opportunity to see my family. I got to see both of my grandmothers, which was really important to me. Got to see all my siblings, which was important to me. So overall, it was good. I don't know why I wasn't feeling my best, like literally no idea. And then on Boxing Day, we flew to the UK and we had a day in London and I went to afternoon tea, which I loved. And then we went to the Brentford game that night, which was incredible. Well, it was incredible if you were a Wolverhampton fan. It wasn't incredible as a Brentford fan because we lost. It was like 4-1. It was cool to see five goals in a game, like in a Premier League game. Unfortunately, my team only scored one of them, but it was still, it was just so fun to like be in the atmosphere and be in the environment. Soccer in the UK, or really just soccer in the rest of the world, is so much more hype than it is here. And it was just amazing to be in that atmosphere. I loved it, loved it, loved it, loved it. One of the highlights of my trip for sure. And then we went to Edinburgh and we spent two days in Edinburgh before spending four days in Killen, which is, I don't know how to describe it. It's in, it's west <laughs> in between Glasgow and Edinburgh. I think it's actually technically, is it technically in the Highlands? Like Central No, Loch Lomond. We also went to Loch Lomond. Loch Lomond is technically in the Central Highlands. But it's, I don't know how to describe this. We went to Killen <laughs> for New Year's Eve with a bunch of friends and that was so fun. So we spent 
about a week in Scotland total. Edinburgh was amazing. We went to the Christmas market. We toured the castle. We hiked Arthur's Seat. And then New Year's Eve was amazing. We had a party in the Airbnb all together. I led the group in a little New Year's Eve manifestation, letting go of things, little burning ritual. It was so fun. We had three separate burning rituals. It was amazing. And it was cool because when I first proposed the idea, all the girls were like immediately yes. And all the guys were a little bit skeptical, a little bit freaked out. But then by, when we actually all did it together, they were like, no, this is amazing. And people kept telling me how good it felt and like how special it felt. And that made me feel nice because these are people who are still like I'm new to being friends with them. But this trip was amazing to like spend so much time with these people. And I feel definitely good about moving over there knowing that I have formed friendships like friendships of my own, friendships that aren't just dependent on being friends through my partner, if that makes sense. So I thought it was a great time. We also went to Loch Lomond and we hiked. We went to this red deer center and saw and got to feed red deer. Trying to think what else did we do? We just cooked at home and played loads of games, like loads and loads of games. We had a family little paint night, just very wholesome hiking, hiking hot tub fireplace I don't know, paint night house party type of vibes. So that was really, really nice. And then we came back to Edinburgh for a day and came home. And I'm feeling so excited to be back and just so excited to start 2024 off on a good foot. My mental health isn't the best it's ever been, but I really love the start of the year. I think I said this in my last episode, but I just love the collective, very powerful energy of transitioning into a new year. So even though I am still definitely in hibernation season, like hibernation isn't over. I just love the fresh start of a new year. I've spent the last day unpacking my suitcase, cleaning, trying to reset my life, trying to get prepared for Monday. Now that the holidays are over and now that Matt and I have a more concrete plan of what the spring is going to look like, we can really hardcore get into planning the move. I'm not going to talk about the move every week, I promise you guys, because I know like people don't want to hear that. Or maybe you do. Every time I say, oh, you guys don't want to hear about this, you guys are like, no, we want to hear about it. But yeah, I'm not going to talk about it constantly. But yes, we are like really starting to plan now. Yeah, I've got lots of things I want to do this year. Well, sort of. I feel like 2023 was a year where I really prioritized my healing and I forced myself out of my comfort zone a lot, a lot, a lot. And that was good. And it's not that I necessarily want to stay in my comfort zone in 2024. I just think because I will be going through a lot of life changes that it I, I want to be a little bit more chill. I don't want to hold myself back from good things, but I also don't want to pressure myself into saying yes as much as I did in 2023 because I don't know. I, I don't I think 2023 was good for me. It was a good year for me in a lot of ways. Like I really pushed myself a lot. But I just don't want to push myself like that this year. I kind of want to slow down a little bit and take a little pressure off of myself in certain areas. Especially because I will be going through life changes and I want to respect the fact that it's probably going to be difficult emotionally. I have a feeling that this is going to be an emotionally difficult year. I don't want to call that into existence and like speak negative things into my life because maybe it won't be. Maybe it'll be fantastic. But just knowing me and knowing everything that's coming up, I think as someone who often struggles to adjust to change and as someone with very specific sets of fears and anxieties, I just think this is going to be a year where I have to exercise like a lot of 
coping skills and self-control and emotional management, all of that. I just foresee that happening. I don't know. Again, I don't want to like speak negative things into my life, but I just, uh, I kind of have a feeling. So I want to slow down in other areas to allow myself to like process. I just want to be able to process this year. So yeah, I hope this year is a great year. It's going to be the year I turn 26. It's going to be the year Matt and I start new chapters in our lives together. Hopefully it's great. We'll see. I guess you guys will find out along with me because you're going to be here every single week with me hearing the <laughs> hearing the updates and listening to me process my life in real time with all of you. There's a reason I call this podcast an entry into my digital journal. That's what it really feels like. Every week feels like I'm making another entry and you guys are getting to come along for the ride. So we will find out together. Okay. I did warn you that I was going to give a long life update and boy, did I. But that is over now, and we're going to do 2024 ins and outs. If you haven't seen this trend on social media, it's super simple. It's just a list of everything that's in and everything that's out for 2024, and it's up to you. There could be things on my list that are in that are out for you, and I could say something's out, but for you it's in, and it doesn't matter. It's all personal, but I just love seeing them. I love seeing what other people think is in and out. I also popped a question box on the Prologues podcast Instagram, so I got some ins and outs from y'all as well. Most of these are mine, but I do have a couple of yours written down too. And I just thought we could share. You guys are so funny as well. I was like dying reading some of your responses. First of all, 2024, it is in to be bad at your hobbies. It is in to do things for no other reason than enjoying them. You do not have to be good at your hobbies. If you feel this need to monetize or be perfect at your hobbies, then are you really doing it just for your own enjoyment anymore? Like it's totally fine to monetize a hobby or to turn it into something amazing or to decide you want to be really, really great at it. That's absolutely fine if it's still like coming from a place of genuine enjoyment. But I think it's so freeing to be bad at your hobbies and to do something for nothing else than just the fact that you enjoy doing it. Even though we talk about being an amateur at something in a way that suggests it only means being incompetent at it or being unskilled in it. That's not the only meaning of the word amateur. An amateur is also someone who does things for the passion, love, and joy of doing it. And I just think that's so beautiful. And like, I have a lot of hobbies. I'm not amazing at all of them. And sometimes I get in my head and I like don't want to share them on social media because I feel like people are going to judge me or laugh at me. And to be honest, some people probably will, but who cares? Like I want to do things and be proud of them, even if they're not perfect. And like, I think embracing this mindset is hopefully going to take some pressure off of myself to just be amazing at everything I do. I was feeling this when I was making some handmade gifts for Christmas. Like my family often does only handmade gifts and they're small, but they're thoughtful and they're intentional. And so I made kitchen towels for people like crocheted kitchen towels And while I was doing it, I was like a little down on myself because it wasn't the fanciest stitch of all time. They weren't the most intricately designed. They weren't, they didn't look like professional, you know, they didn't look like something that you would buy in an Etsy store or something you could buy in a store in person, but they looked handmade by me and that's why they're special. And it, I had to like shift my mindset when I was doing that. And that's such a small example, but I was like, I am making these for my family because I love them and because I love what I'm doing. And those are the only two criteria that matter because that's how the whole family approaches the handmade gifts. And so I'm doing it right. I'm actually doing it completely correct. And just because it doesn't look like it was made by a machine doesn't mean it's bad. It looks like it was made by me. And so instead of saying like, oh, it's in 
to not do things perfectly or not have to be perfect. I'm just saying it's in to be bad at your hobbies, straight up. Let's not hold ourselves back from doing something just because we're not perfect at it immediately. And in the process, I'm sure I will hone my skills in loads of ways. Like I'm a much better crocheter now than I was a year ago. And I'm sure I'll continue to get better with practice. But the point is not to get better. The point is to enjoy it. That's the difference, I think. Daily time offline is in. It's always in. Daily time offline with your phone on do not disturb or in airplane mode or in another room of the house is literally always in. And you can build this into your schedule in a way that makes sense for you and works with your responsibilities and everything. But I think every single day, if possible, it just helps my mental health so much to literally just put the phone down all the way down and like far away from me and say, I'm not getting on it. So daily time offline every day. Audiobooks are in. I was on Threads recently. Threads is like the app that's almost like Twitter, but it's through Instagram. I'm sure I'm sure you guys know what Threads is. I was on Threads and I don't really like Threads a ton anymore because people are starting to get just as angry and mad on Threads as they have been on every other social media platform for the entirety of social media existence. So it's not the most fun place to be anymore. But I was on Threads and I somehow stumbled across this very intense and heated debate through like the book community. And I'll be honest, I love reading. You guys know I love reading so much. And I wish there was a way to talk about the love of reading and love of books with other people online without accidentally falling into these like, I think, majorly toxic communities like Book Talk and Bookstagram. There are amazing creators out there. Don't get me wrong. I've gotten loads of great book recommendations, but there are sides to book talk and bookstagram that terrify me. They are so scary. And I was on book threads. I don't know what you would say. And I saw this like giant, very heated, very passionate debate that lasted for days over whether or not audiobooks count as reading. Like if you've listened to an audiobook, does that count as reading the book or Is it something different? Is it listening to the book? And I have no comment on that. A lot of people think it it is reading. You can say like if you listen to an audiobook, you can say you've read the book, and a lot of people feel like you can't do that. And I have literally no comment. But regardless, audiobooks in general, no matter how you might feel about them, whether you're in the camp that thinks audiobooks do not count as reading, or you're in the camp that thinks they do, I think one thing we can all agree on is that audiobooks are great and they are so convenient. I have been able to I don't even I don't even know how to word this right now. Should I say read books? I don't know. The, I I will say the intensity of this debate f- scared me a little bit. I saw people who according to their profiles and their profile pictures looked like very nice people saying some of the most like hurtful, nasty, intense things on both sides of this discussion. I was a little unsettled. I very accidentally scrolled upon this on threads and it I was unsettled. <laughs> so I don't know how to say that I've consumed a bunch of audiobooks this year, but I have. I've listened to a lot of them. And it's been amazing because sometimes sitting down and like physically reading a book is not something that I find time for in my day to day. I try to prioritize reading because I love it, but in times when I can't, Audible and the audiobook library on Spotify have been right there for me. I love listening to an audiobook while I'm cleaning or doing laundry. 
I love audiobooks on a plane or when I'm traveling. I just like them. I feel like it's such a good way to habit stack because you can listen to audiobooks while you're in the gym or whatever, and then you're doing two great things for yourself at once. So I just love audiobooks. And no matter where you stand in that debate, and again, zero comment, zero, zero, zero comment, <laughs> because I, I don't know. I was a little scared. Wherever you stand in that debate, I just think audiobooks are great and we should all be engaging with them more. Permanent makeup, I think, is in. I got my eyebrows tattooed. I have powder brows. And although mine ended up coming out really, really light and I need to go in for a follow-up appointment and we're going to try to darken them a little bit, the concept of the powder brows and even just the little bit of color and shape that I currently have has been awesome. I also really want to get my lips blushed because even though I obviously post myself without makeup all the time and like I go out of my house without makeup. It doesn't bother me if people see me without makeup. Even just that little bit of definition in my brows that I wake up with, it genuinely helps my confidence a lot. And I love the idea of doing high maintenance things to be low maintenance. So like putting extra time and effort into aspects of your appearance every once in a while so that on the day to day, you just like wake up looking a little bit more fresh or put together or whatever. I love that. I do it all the time. So for me, Powder brows have already, I feel like, been a positive thing in my life, and I'm excited to get them darkened so that they – I think if I get them darkened, I may not even have to wear makeup on them anymore, and that would be amazing because that would save time in my daily makeup routine. That would save like five minutes in my daily makeup routine. So it lasts for a couple of years. I'm not trying to influence you to get permanent makeup because it's such a personal thing, but for me, that's in. Something else that's in for me is simple but effective skincare routines. I used to be someone who thought I needed a 10-step skincare routine in order to have good skin. And I just don't think that's the case for me. I think my skin is a lot happier when I focus on what it really needs, which is azelaic acid and niacinamide for my rosacea, and then a lot of moisture and ceramides um, for my skin barrier and because I have dry skin. And honestly, so far in my life, that's kind of been it. I use vitamin C as well. But for the most part, I will use max three products, three steps in a skincare routine. And that still might sound like a lot to some people, but for me, that's way less than it used to be. And my skin is honestly healthier, happier, looks better, is less inflamed, more hydrated, like all the good things. So I just think it's less is more. It's an area where less is more. And I will do like face masks when my skin is looking really congested or dull, or there's like a specific concern that I'm trying to address. But for my day-to-day, in the morning, I think my skincare is three steps, and at night, it's two steps. It'll change. Like if, if the weather is bad and my skin's super dry, then I'll add like some extra moisturizing products and things like that. Or if I have a rosacea flare-up, then I'll add something there. But like generally, day-to-day, very, very simple. Something else that's in that's kind of related to the hobbies is the joyful pursuit of learning. Learning because it feels good to expand your mind. Learning not when there is a test or a grade or a benchmark of intelligence on the line, but learning because it's joyful. Learning because it is beautiful to keep taking in new information about the world around you. The joyful pursuit of learning. It's in, okay? It is hot and sexy and fabulous to be a curious person, to be a person who has niche knowledge about random topics, to be a person who knows weird little bits of trivia about things, to be a person who pursues learning, who doesn't just wait for it to come to them. That's what I think. I have been really embracing that this last year. I've gotten really into history again. I was such a history kid when I was younger. 
And for whatever reason, I don't know why, maybe just like academic burnout. First couple of years after college, I just like didn't, I don't know, I just didn't learn about new areas in history. And I, this year I have spent so much time reading like history books or even just articles online and things about different historical periods that I find fascinating. And it's not for anything. Like it's not for anything except my own pleasure, but it brings me joy and I think it serves me. And then especially with history, when you learn about different periods of the past, it just gives you a different perspective on what's happening right now. And I think that's helpful for me, at least that's very helpful. This obviously ties in to my coursework that I'm doing. I haven't mentioned it in quite a while, but I'm in the middle of getting postgrad certificates in publishing and editing. I took a break this fall because I knew I wasn't going to have time to really give it my all. So I've taken a break and I'm picking it back up in the spring, Well, which is now actually. Oh my God. <laughs> it is 2024. So that is now. So yeah, that obviously ties into that as well. Just pursuing extra knowledge and the things I got my degree in. I also want to sign myself up for some photography and videography courses online. I've been loving getting into photography. I got myself a nice camera as a Christmas gift to myself. I've been wanting to for a very long time because this is my job and I want to take it seriously. I always want my content to get better and to evolve. I want the quality and like production quality of my content to be something that you genuinely enjoy seeing and that you can tell that I've put effort into because I do. And so I've really been enjoying getting into photography, but I think I could benefit from a teacher because there's only so much that you can learn from YouTube videos with no guide. And don't get me wrong, you can learn pretty much anything on YouTube, but I just think I would benefit from someone like speaking to me a little bit more directly. So I have found some online photography and videography courses. I'd like to sign up for those. And I just want to keep learning. I just want to keep opening my mind to things and being curious and asking questions. Something else that's in, leaving the house with only what you can fit in your pockets, no purse. I don't know why I just love doing this. Phone, wallet, keys, a lip balm, and then I just leave the house. It's very freeing. I feel like sometimes when I get stuck in a purse phase and I can't leave the house without a big purse that has a ton of stuff in it that I never end up using anyway, it just kind of feels like a ball and chain. I don't know. I feel tied down by the purse. It's rare that I actually need a large purse. If I'm carrying something specific with me that I'll need later, then of course a purse makes sense. But otherwise, it just feels so freeing to leave the house with only what you can fit in your pant and jacket pockets. So that's in for me. Cooking at home is in. Cleaning out my bookshelf is in. Some people really disagree with this. I made an entire YouTube video once that was like cleaning out my bookshelf and donating all the books I knew I wasn't going to read again. And some people got so mad at me because they were just like, how could you get rid of your books? But if I'm not going to read it again and I know that, what's the point of holding on to it? I don't know. And then like, decluttering your bookshelf just gives you more space to keep the books that you want and it gives you more space to, I don't know, just get more books. So cleaning out your bookshelf is in. I need to do that soon. Also going to the library and like renting books instead of spending money on books is also in. Depop and Poshmark are in. I've been shopping on Depop and Poshmark more often than I've been shopping on like traditional sites past couple of months and it's been amazing. I've gotten some really unique pieces and I've gotten myself in the habit of checking those sites for something specific first, like before I go and just Google it. So for example, I really wanted a a cropped, warm-toned fur coat. They're everywhere in the fall and winter. They're so chic. They can be dressed up or dressed down. They're just so beautiful. And so 
I guess normally I would just Google that, but this time I did a very thorough search on Depop and Poshmark and I found one I really wanted for a fraction of the cost that it would have been to buy it new. It's faux, but it still was pretty expensive brand new. And so I got it off of, I think, Poshmark. Yeah, I think Poshmark. And I'm just really glad that I did that because I never used to use Depop and Poshmark before 2023. And I don't know why that was dumb of me, but now I'm so into them. You can just get so, you can just get such unique pieces. Along that line, renting clothes is in. Rent the Runway, Newly, programs like that where you can rent clothes and then return them and rent new things I think are amazing. So that is in as well. High heels are in. For the last month or two, I've been wearing more high heels when going out. I have always been a girl who my default, I've always been a girl whose default is to put on a sneaker. But I often feel like just putting on a sneaker with an outfit makes me look like I'm still in college. And I just don't want to look like I'm still in college anymore. So I've been trying to get out of the sneaker rut and wear other different types of shoes. It's easy in the winter because it's it's boot season. So I obviously love my cowboy boots. I love motorcycle boots. But when I want to be a little bit dressier, I've just been wearing heels. And it's kind of new for me because I don't know. I love heels. I love being tall. I'm five foot nine and I love putting on a heel and feeling even taller than that. Like literally, ladies, take up as much space as humanly possible. It's hot. But I guess because I just convinced myself that wearing high heels more often would, I don't know, like make my feet hurt or be too inconvenient. I'm not sure. I don't know why I've been talking myself out of wearing high heels more often all this time, but I've been wearing high heels more often in the past month or so, and it feels good. I feel sexy. I feel just special. It gives me a little confidence boost when I put them on. Feel good, look good. So that's in for me. YouTube is in. And actually, let me just say this. I think long form content is in. It's been coming back in for a long time, not just for me, but I think collectively. And you can even see that with the way that app developers are adding additional time to their short form services. So for example, TikTok TikTok went from only having one minute videos to then three minute and now you can do 10 minute videos. Instagram reels used to be 60 seconds and now you can also do 90 seconds. YouTube has gotten way more popular. Podcasts are more popular. I just think in general, people are starting to crave longer form content a little bit. And I am all for that. You guys know that's a big reason why I started the podcast in general. is because sometimes when you're talking about a specific topic, you just don't have enough time in a three-minute video to, to delve into it as deeply as you want to. So long form content is in. For me, this especially means YouTube. I've been getting really into YouTube again. I was a big YouTube girly as a teenager, which was during like the heyday of YouTube when all those British YouTubers were super popular, like the Bethany Moda time of YouTube. And I think for a while, I just, I don't know, years, I just wasn't really into it anymore, wasn't keeping up with what was going on. But as an adult, I have found YouTube to be so nice and like just a good thing to put on in the background, aspirational content, aesthetic content, even just discovering new people whose vlogs I want to watch. And people who I don't like know a ton about, but I'm just watching them doing their little daily vlogs. It's very soothing. So YouTube is definitely in. Gym buddies are in. It is so much easier to achieve a fitness goal if you are doing it with somebody. And I really learned that this year. 2023 was my year of being consistent in the gym, like more so than any other year of my life. I really prioritized the gym in 2023 and I have every intention of just continuing to do so in 2024. And I know the only reason that I was able to do that is because I started going with people. 
I had one specific gym friend when I first started all of this uh, in the spring, and we went to the gym every single Monday together. And it started off my week on such a great foot. It made me feel confident and empowered. It was helpful in the gym because we were able to help each other and look out for one another. It was good social time. We would talk about like our lives and everything while we were working out. So it was kind of good for the body and mind. The only reason we stopped was because we both got too busy to do the Monday morning thing anymore and she's actually moving. But that, I think, I don't know how long we did it for. It was months, months and months and months and months and months. We went to the gym every Monday together. And that just helped me form some really healthy habits. And when you're going to the gym with somebody, you're more likely to go because you're not just canceling on yourself, then you're canceling on somebody else. So you're just way more likely to do it. And now, again, now that Matt has retired from professional rugby and he doesn't have to maintain a certain weight and a certain like a certain look to be able to do his job properly. He wants to change his fitness goals. And so he has some things he'd like to hit and I have some fitness goals I'd like to reach. And so we're going to be gym buddies now. And I'm just excited. It's easier. It is so much easier to go with somebody else or to, I think to embark on any health journey it's easier to have a companion because you're not doing it alone. So text your best friend right now. Ask if they want to be your gym buddy. If you've been wanting to get into the gym and it just feels really, really intimidating, see if there's someone in your life that wants to embark on the journey with you. I promise it makes it so much easier. Pre-internet hobbies are in. Scheduled time to rot and rest without feeling guilty about it is in. Unplugged Sunday evenings are in. Matt and I have been doing this a lot lately. So every Sunday evening, we just know it's unplugged time. No TV, no phones, no screens. We will either read or talk or just play with Fergus or anything. It just can't involve a screen. Usually what happens is Matt will read and I'll crochet or we'll both read, but it's become a ritual. Sunday evenings, it's our time to unplug, decompress, connect with one another, and then you're starting off your Monday on such a wholesome foot and it feels great. So I want to make unplugged Sunday evenings a thing. Experimenting with new makeup looks is in. Playing with your makeup, new colors, new styles, new techniques, switching up the same makeup look you've done every single day for the last five years is in. (laughs) I really want to get good at eyeshadow this year. I'm not good at eyeshadow. I feel confident in my base makeup and I like the way my makeup looks in general, but I feel like eyeshadow is what people notice when they see your makeup. And like if you've ever looked at someone and thought they have amazing makeup, Chances are they knew how to use eyeshadow, eyeliner, and eyelashes, and I just don't. So I want to get better at eye makeup and just experiment. Financial literacy is in. This is another thing that falls into the joyful pursuit of learning category. In 2023, I realized I didn't know as much about credit and credit cards as I just felt like I needed to know. Actually, I think this happened in late 2022. I'm getting my years mixed up. Either way, 2023 was a year where I sought out so much information about financial literacy because I just wanted to learn. I don't I feel like I wasn't taught how to be financially literate, and it's hard as an adult because you're kind of starting from scratch. But I sought out as much information as I could about how to build credit, use credit, take advantage of credit, the importance of credit, like how to do all of that as responsibly and efficiently as possible. And I started implementing everything I learned this year. And it's been great, honestly. I really think financial literacy is something that needs to be taught in schools more than it is. I don't know why it isn't because it affects all of our lives. But let this be your sign. 
let 2024 become the year where you start to actually understand how credit cards work, how credit works, the benefits of your bank account, understand how your 401k or Roth IRA works. If you have investments, understanding that. Like, I think just understanding is a great place to start. And for me, that meant I had to go out and do a lot of research on my own because I didn't know that much. And I'm really glad I did. It's improved my life in so many different ways. Media literacy is very in. It's always been in. It will always be in. We're having a media illiteracy crisis in this country, I think, honestly, in the whole world. Media literacy is in. Please. Oh my God. I don't even know. I don't even know where to start. We need to stop consuming things mindlessly without any critical thought. We need to start fact-checking for ourselves and source-checking for ourselves and making sure there are sources in what we're being told. I feel like it's hard because with the increase of AI usage on social media, it can be very hard to decipher what is AI and what isn't. That's terrifying. It's absolutely terrifying. But I do think it's up to us as consumers to be incredibly diligent about monitoring and critically deciphering what it is we're seeing online every day. Media literacy is critical. It will only continue to become more and more and more important as AI becomes more widespread. So I I think like the way to just implement this in your day-to-day life is to just question the things that you see more. Question your reaction to things that you see more. If you have a very strong visceral reaction to something you see on social media, ask yourself, was that the point? Did this person say that or do that or post that because they wanted to get this reaction out of me? If you see something that seems crazy, maybe instead of like getting freaked out right away, you just think, okay, well, where is the source? Is there any source material? And if there is source material, let me go look it up and see like firsthand where this information is coming from, that type of thing. We all need to get better at it, myself included. Media literacy, I just can't stress enough how important it is. So that is very, very, very in. Okay. Believe it or not, I actually have so many more things on the in list, but I'm going to end with one last in and then we'll do the outs. I thought of this one this morning and I think this is going to become a mantra for me this year. This is what's in. Being realistic about what I can achieve during a day and delulu about what I can achieve in my lifetime. Because I struggle with feeling like shit about myself if I write a to-do list at the top of the day and I don't get everything done. I just feel very bad about myself. But often I will write down things that just aren't realistic to get done that day, whether I'm having like a very low energy day or I don't have a lot of like bandwidth for a certain type of productivity that day. Like if I know that about myself, why am I putting 50 zillion things on my to-do list if I know that I'm having a bad day, if I know that I'm struggling and I might not have the energy to get everything done? Why not set myself up for success and not make myself feel like more shit and just write down what's achievable, what's realistic? But then at the same time, I think I want to be Delulu about what I can achieve during the course of my lifetime or the course of a month or a year because I don't want to ever limit that. I feel like I need to be, again, realistic about what day-to-day I can accomplish and give myself grace and understanding and patience, but then dream so big with absolutely no limitations when it comes to what I can achieve in my life in general. So that's in. That is very in. Let's do the outs. Acrylic nails, for me, I think are out. I don't think they're serving me anymore. I've had acrylic nails since last January, so it's been a year. There was a brief period, two weeks in May, where I did not have acrylic nails, and then I got them again. So literally two weeks out of the entire year of 2023, I did not have acrylics, and I'm getting them off on Monday. Oh, well, the day you're listening to this. 
while you're listening to this, I'm in a nail salon getting these nails taken off and I'm just going to go short for a while. This was a big trend in the summer, like girls getting their fake nails off. Mine aren't fake anymore. Like I don't have extensions on, but I do have acrylic keeping my nails protected so they can stay long. I don't know what it is. I'm just kind of sick of it. I'm just kind of sick of going to get them redone and like sitting in the nail salon for an hour and a half. I'm sick of the way they grow out and then it bothers me because I can see like my new nail growing in and they don't look perfect and it triggers my OCD. I'm sick of the, I mean, there aren't a lot of things that I can't do with fake nails. Like I can do pretty much anything with my nails long, but every once in a while when there's something that is harder because I have these nails, I'm just sick of that. I don't know. I want to get them off. So acrylic nails are going to be out for me for a while. I haven't had non, like my short nails because I, when I don't have acrylics on, I like to keep my natural nail length very, very short. I haven't had that in like a year. So I'm just kind of done. Acrylic nails are out for me. <laughs> Somebody wrote in to the question box on the Prolux podcast Instagram and she said, having anxiety is out. I just won't have it anymore. It's out. And I love that energy for you. And please tell me if that works because I also think anxiety is just out. Let's just not have it anymore. Let's just not be anxious anymore. Okay. Like that's what I want to strive for. The phrase, I'll do it tomorrow, I'll do it next week, I'll do it next month is out. That one's going to be really hard for me because I'm such a, oh, it's getting late, I'll do it tomorrow type of girl. I did that literally last night. I had laundry to put away last night and I thought, oh, I'll do it tomorrow. And I still haven't done it. So obviously that's not serving me very much. I want to get out of that mindset of just like putting off things that I have the time to do. Like why am I putting off something that will take five minutes? That is also out. The laundry takes more than that, but there's so many other examples. Like, honestly, doing the dishes has very rarely taken me more than five to 10 minutes. It's, but in my head, I think it's going to take like an hour or something. So I procrastinate. That's just out. Like, my friend Clara, Clara Purse, has this good hack that she told me about one time where it was, and she was like, time yourself doing a task that you've been dreading and see how long it actually takes you because it's going to be a fraction of how long you thought it would. And she showed me this example where she did her dishes and she was putting it off because she thought it was going to take ages. And then she did it and it was like eight minutes. And she was like, well, next time I'm going to procrastinate doing something because I'm going to think this is going to take forever. I know. Actually, it takes eight minutes. So I need to get out of the I'll do it tomorrow mentality. That is out. TikTok was out for me for most of 2023 anyway, and it's still out for me. I feel so much healthier as a human being when I'm not getting on TikTok. I removed it from my home screen. So the app is still on my phone, but it's in like those folders that you have to search up. It's not on my home screen. So I still have it if I want to go look up something specific. Like sometimes I'll look up a recipe or when I was in Edinburgh, I was looking up coffee shop recommendations. Still have it for purposes like that. But when it's not on my home screen and I can't just mindlessly click on it, I don't. And it feels really good. I just feel better. I just feel like a happier, healthier person when I'm not scrolling on TikTok Every time I get on TikTok and I get trapped on the For You page and I look up and it's been like an hour and a half of just scrolling through videos that don't improve my life on my For You page, I feel like shit about myself. Or if I see something that I that triggers an insecurity and then I'm comparing myself to that person, or if I see someone just being an absolute asshole in a comment section towards someone who doesn't deserve it, like those things are heavy and they are mentally draining and I just hate it. And then in general, I do think short form content is kind of out and long form content is in. So along that note, being in front of multiple screens at once is out. You know what I'm talking about. If the TV is on, I don't need to be on my phone. 
If I'm on my phone, I don't need to have a YouTube video playing in the background. I don't need to consume media and entertainment from multiple screens at once. Why? 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 Is my attention span really so bad and my need for dopamine so great that I can't focus on one source of entertainment at a time? Like, God forbid I even just sit alone with my thoughts with no outside stimuli for five fucking seconds. That's not even part of the question here. The fact that I sometimes struggle with only consuming entertainment from one source at a time is insane. That's a problem. That is genuinely a problem that needs to be addressed. So being in front of multiple screens at once, out. I have had moments where I've I've had a TV show on the TV. I'm on Pinterest on my laptop and I'm scrolling through Instagram on my phone at the same time. What the fuck? That is so bad. Ugh. It's out. It's so out. Academic slash achievements-based validation is out. My self-worth is inherent. It is not earned. I do not have to convince the rest of the world that I deserve to be respected as a human being because I am worthy of love and respect just because I exist. And I don't have to earn it by breaking my back to achieve great things over and over and over again. In fact, if I never achieve anything cool or interesting or impressive or what a third party might consider to be successful for the rest of my life, I will still deserve love and respect. Um, Can you tell that I don't believe it yet? And that's why I'm saying it so emphatically right now. Because it's true. I have not convinced myself of this yet, but still it's out. Academic and achievements-based validation is out. Being embarrassed about something that excites you is out. It's cool to have niche interests. It's cool to like things that not everybody else likes. It's cool to show emotion. It's cool to tell someone you love that you love them. It's cool to wear your heart on your sleeve sometimes as long as you're – this is also really hard for me. Can you tell? I tend to be a guarded person. I'm trying to get out of that. It is cool to show your emotions. It's cool to be excited about things. It's not cringe. Cringe is not real. Don't stop being cringe. Kill the part of you that cringes, okay? Being embarrassed about something that excites you is out. Believing news that comes with no sources is out. Every form of nicotine is out. Why in the year of our Lord 2024 am I still seeing so many people I know starting to consume nicotine for the first time? I'm not talking about people who are currently like struggling with an addiction. Okay. I'm not referring to that. I'm talking about people who are for the first time as adults for no real reason starting to use nicotine for the first time. That blows my mind. Why? Like, have we not been taught our entire lives that that can only end badly. I just don't get it. Like, why would you start for the first time? Feeling guilty about the parts of my mental health that I literally cannot control to a certain extent is out. I am so bad for this. I will very often have poor mental health and then beat myself up over it, even though to an extent I cannot control it whatsoever. And every part of my mental health that I can control through medication, therapy, lifestyle choices, et cetera, et cetera, I do. I manage my mental health to the absolute best of my ability. And there are parts of it that I still can't control. So why am I feeling bad about the parts I can't control? When I know that I'm doing literally every single thing I can, I'm doing every single thing that I know how to do to manage my mental health. I cannot control all of it. And so the parts that I cannot control 
I just don't want to beat myself up over them anymore. I don't want to beat myself up over being depressed when I know that I've done everything I can. And that's really easier said than done, but it's out. It's out, okay? It's so out. Minimal effort first dates are out. This is one that was written into the Instagram a bunch of times, but I love it. So I thought I would mention it. Minimal effort first dates. I think this probably looks different for everyone because I would imagine that everyone has a different expectation of what an acceptable first date is. But I think the point here is that if you don't feel like the person you're going on a date with gives a shit and if they haven't made any effort to make the date enjoyable or meaningful or special whatsoever, then it's out. It doesn't mean that every person you go on a first date with has to be your soulmate. It's just the fact that your time deserves to be respected. And if somebody's not doing that, then it's out. Hustle culture is out. Resting is in. Forcing yourself to finish books that you don't like just because you want to say you finished a book is out. Saving the little special items or things that you have for a better time to use them is out. I'm talking about like your nice perfume, your nice stickers, your fancy candle, saving the, or like your good, like I don't know, a beautiful dress that you bought and haven't had an occasion to wear it yet. That's out. Using the special items in your life to make your everyday feel better and more exciting is in. All right, y'all. That wraps it up. I have more written down, but if I were to go through every single thing I've written down, we would be here all day. It is so fun to write these lists. Definitely make a little note in your phone and write an in and out list if you haven't already. It's just fun to get super niche and detailed with it. And I'm definitely excited to be back. I missed you guys so much, so it feels good to be sitting down and recording. If you have any episode suggestions or topics you would love us to chat about on the podcast, you can email the podcast at gmail.com or send in a message at the Prologues Podcast Instagram. Definitely check out theprologuespodcast.com for the merch if you haven't already. And otherwise, I just hope you have a good week. I hope you have a great week and that your 2024 is off to a nice start. I will talk to you very, very soon. Bye.